Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We are discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund and Restore the Mississippi River Delta. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore the Mississippi River Delta. Simone, um, I have to say, you know, I realize we're in very different climates right now. Um, (laughs) I have not been spending a lot of time outside, but I heard that you were outside pretty much all of today. Yes, yes. I have boat hair, if you could see me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We had a a actually really wonderful day spent outside. Um, We went down to Plaquemines Parish and we had a nice field trip on both sides of the river. Um, it's, you know, a beautiful 65 degrees here today, but it's cold on that boat. It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's very the water, cold. That the water, water cold always makes cold. it. Yeah. Yes. But it was, it was beautiful. Otherwise, what did you see? Yeah. So we, um, this is the first time. So I've done, um, I've done both sides of the river. Um, this is the first time that I got to do both together, not, not in the air. Um, but, um, and we had the actual, um, we had the additional experience of going on an oyster boat. Um, and so it was neat to see them work. Um, I actually learned quite a few things about um, oysters pretty enough for restaurants and and those kinds of things. They, they kept shucking oysters and um, kept, make, you know, not making us, but people were eating them. And um, I don't like oysters. So, um, so I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to learn to like that. I'm like, wait, they're not fried. What do you mean? You just took them out the shell. Simone, Simone, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to edit that out, but no, we won't. We won't. It's just a little secret that we'll share. (laughs) We'll keep among the Delta Dispatches family, but I have to say you're, you're, oh my gosh, oysters and Plaquemines Parish, you are certainly making this home. Like literally (laughs) cracking those bad boys open right then. And um, they head to Basco, which was hilarious. Like just on the boat (laughs) um and so but that was that was a really great experience to to hear from their point of view and to learn a little bit more about the operation but um even though it's it's not um lush green outside it's so startling to see the two differences um the differences between both sides of the river and hopefully we're going to talk about some of those areas today too with our guests yeah, yeah. And before we get there, I mean, just so for folks listening, I mean, we often t- talk about a tale of two banks of the Mississippi yeah, River, yeah. right? We've got the East Bank, which, of course, in my mind is the best bank, um, where I grew up <laughs> in Blackman's Parish, and then the West Bank. But it's not just geographically right. that they're, you know, uh, on other sides of the river. It's that there, there's also different dynamics at play. So quickly, tell us a little bit about, like, what's the difference between the East Bank versus the West Bank when it comes to being connected to the river and what that means. Yeah, I I think it's it's exactly that, that one is connected to the river and one, in fact, is is not. And so, um, and we started on on the west side of the river and, um, you know, there's tons of oyster production. Um, We went out to um, an important place to the native communities down there that that had been eroding and and folks have been trying to protect. Um, and, And so you can see just, nothing but openness and and they um if you've ever been out there they have these long tall poles that indicate um the oyster lease areas and that and that's all you see for just forever you see old pilings of where camps used to be um it's just so open just open 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 and then um when you jog across the admittedly very big river when you're in a little boat um next to some of those big boats when you go on the other side of the river 
um, there are several outlets and um, crevasses and openings on the river. And Jacques, I mean, I just, I just can't emphasize how startling it is in contrast. I mean, you can feel an area that's alive. We actually went through this um, little meandering canal in one of the areas on the east side of the river. And, um, and I was with Christy Trail from Pontchartrain Conservancy and I teased her. I said, it's like a Disneyland ride. You know, it's like you're in this slow moving and it's winding and you see, um, you know, these, um, these mud flat areas with vegetation and growth that we saw, you know, an otter, a nutria, more duck, ducks, Bill, ducks, ducks, ducks. <laughs> Tell them Bill, our next guest, but, um, it, and it's just so different. It's just so different from one side of the river to the other. And I mean, these places are, you know, so close to, to, to each other, but they're just so different. And well, I'm glad you had that experience. I'm glad you're with us now and you're still, you know, willing to do the show after a busy day yes. out. Um, we maybe stop for barbecue on the way back. <laughs> um, but yeah, 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 I yeah. I know yeah. exactly where you went <laughs> and I'm even more jealous. So um, we better proceed with the show before yeah. I like book my flight. Unless that's what you're trying to get me to do, yes. Simone. Yes. yes. Okay. No so, hidden agendas here. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. I'm glad you had that experience and hopefully, you know, we can get more people out there to for them to kind of see yeah yeah we we well. yeah with that and that's part of the what we talked about today we were trying to get chefs out on boats which is a whole nother show that we could talk about but also just get more folks out there and we you know kind of did a little a little trip ourselves right to see what felt good you know what was long enough the right information that kind of stuff so we're definitely interested in, in getting more people out to see what we're seeing very cool well seeing is believing so let's get to the the topic at hand and our guest who's a first time I can't guest believe that on Delta Dispatches. I know, I know we've had some of his colleagues on in the past, but uh first time, hopefully of many times. Welcome to Delta Dispatches, Bill Cooksey, who is the sportsman outreach coordinator with Vanishing Paradise. Hey, thank y'all for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'd, I'd be even more excited if I'd been on that boat today watching ducks <laughs> and eating uh, raw oysters. I mean, they, they're kind of a bit of premium in West Tennessee right now. Oh, yeah, I bet. Okay, now I feel bad, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Bill. Bill and I got the raw end of the deal, no pun intended. Uh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So wait, I don't, I don't even know if we were going to plan to talk about this, but Bill is a fellow podcast host, so um, we're going to um, compare tips and things afterwards <laughs> about Bill's podcast to ours, how we could be more serious. <laughs> well, I don't know about more serious, but it's always <laughs> interesting to compare notes and see how different people do things because we all bang our heads against the wall sometimes doing these. So it's always fun to compare notes. Yeah. And so, Bill, you guys, um, you co-host uh, the National Wildlife Federation Outdoors podcast. So tell us a little bit about what you cover on that podcast. Happy to cross promote and, and where folks can go to listen and, and tune in. It, absolutely. Cross promotion, obviously, is something we all have to be really cognizant of because that's that's how new people hear about you. Um, and that's what we all need uh, in, in these venues. Um NWF Outdoors podcast, uh, just like just like this podcast, it's available on Podbean and anywhere else that you get your your uh, uh, podcasts. But Aaron Kendall, who is in our Denver office, and I co-host it together. Aaron's been doing it for a couple of years, and, and I just started here a few months ago. But we get guests from around the country who generally have a at least a, a strong connection to conservation. Um, 
recently we had Warren Coco from uh, Baton Rouge who owns Go Devil Manufacturing oh, yeah, cool. and Go Devil Motors. And Coco is one of those people who can, you talk about knowing the coast and knowing restoration. He's uh, incredible. And so he has a great story for sportsmen as far as his business and being a lifelong hunter and fisherman. But he also knows the conservation. So we're, we're able to cover that. But then we'll also have... Uh, Recently, we had a wildlife biologist who has spent his career with uh, Audubon and Cornell, but he's recently written some books, one about getting kids involved in the outdoors and then others, you know, of a sporting nature. And that was a super interesting conversation because he knows a lot about birds and conservation, obviously, but then he has these books that are of interest to a lot of listeners. So, so we really... It, like y'all, we really vary the the guests and the content, but but we have to have a conservation message in there too. Uh, we just have a lot of fun stuff to go with it. <laughs> Bill, I have to ask. I mean, so you guys seem to talk about birds. Simone time oh, sometimes gosh. gives me a hard time. Oysters and I, birds. I, I That's like all we talk, talk about, about, Bill. Oysters I and like birds. To talk about birds <laughs> on this show, but I'm glad to hear it's a, a popular topic and one that extends beyond <laughs> Delta dispatches. Well, it, I'm a bird guy. I mean, waterfowl, turkeys, and all that's just <laughs> always been my passion. We talk a lot of a lot about you know big game and fish as well, uh, especially with the warrant, the western component from Aaron. Um, and they're also NWF Outdoors has right now. They just started a, and I'm not involved, but they're doing a podcast series on chronic wasting disease. And oh, I was talking was, about that today. Yeah, yeah, it was recently discovered in Louisiana. So, yeah. you know, there, if some listeners are interested in that, uh, we also have that podcast. Yeah, we were we were talking about that just today. So it just goes to show you. I mean, I was uh, we were talking about just folks are, you know, husbands, boyfriends that love to hunt and fish. And we were talking about that today. So I do appreciate what you what you just said about, you know, I love that podcast guests can take you different places and they all have this underlying theme. But um, when, I want to go back. So, Bill, how did you even get started? Tell us a little bit about yourself first um, and and take us to all the way how you got to work with us and host a podcast. Gotcha. Well, uh, I, I'll try to make it as concise as I can. I'm starting to get old so I can <laughs> carry on. But uh, yeah, I grew up a sportsman. I, from the time I was a baby, all I really thought about was hunting and fishing. Uh, and my father was very involved in conservation. I mean, he was a trustee emeritus at Ducks Unlimited and set up their art program. And so I was around it my whole life. And then I after college, I did some normal things like selling insurance and <laughs> then got an opportunity all of a sudden to work in the outdoor industry. And that became my world. I mean, I really wanted to be an outdoor writer when I went to college, but that's not a really easy way to make a living. So I, I went traditional. Then I got into the outdoor industry and I worked uh, in sales and marketing at some pretty large companies like Avery Outdoors. Uh, then became an outdoor magazine editor, and that was my last move before coming to NWF and Vanishing Paradise. It, it, when a friend of mine from Bass Pro actually called one day and said, Bill, I just saw a job listing I think you ought to look at, and it was the Vanishing Paradise position. And so I, I looked at their website and I'd heard of them, but I didn't know a lot about them, looked at the website and found a friend of mine from Arkansas who was on their uh, board of directors and called him up. And next thing you know, I'm in Austin, Texas, talking to him. And uh, within about a month, heck, I was working for the National Wildlife Federation on the you know, Mississippi River Delta and you know, also on our Gulf and Everglades campaigns. So it, it was just 
a slow and natural progression, I guess. Bill, I, I love that. And I know, you know, uh, we've been able to work really closely together in various capacities for our work um, in, in Louisiana and focused on, uh, you know, restoring our coastal wetlands. And, and you know, you have certainly brought such a great perspective and an ability to reach, you know, audiences that care about hunting and fishing and conservation. Um, but, you know, you, you currently are living in Tennessee and you, you mentioned you've worked all over. So, Tell us a little bit about how you you came to fall in love with Louisiana and and kind of work to the work to restore and protect Louisiana's coast. Sure, uh, believe it or not, in 1974, my family moved to Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, and I can remember those days. I was five years old, but you know that's when you're really starting to develop memories. And I remember getting to go uh, as a little kid to hunt with my dad at the Lacassine Club with Jim Bell and Shmoo Henshaw and going fishing at Toledo Bend or Big Lake, some of those places. And, you know, obviously I was a little kid, so I didn't get a lot of things. Uh, and in the seventies, obviously a lot of people didn't get how bad things were going to get in a hurry. Uh, but that started it. And then over the years, you know, I've had tons of friends in Louisiana. I mean, Sportsman's Paradise, and, and I'm an easy drive away. So obviously, I've driven down and hunted a, and fished a ton. And honestly, being a duck hunter in the Mississippi Flyway, Louisiana is crucial. Um, I, I tell people in Louisiana when they say, "Oh, you don't really care about the ducks down getting down here," I said, "No, my best duck seasons are when Louisiana gets a whole lot of ducks." And, and you start realizing how connected these places are. I mean, the Mississippi River is not quite as big to Tennessee as it is to Louisiana, but it's pretty doggone big uh, to us, both economically and, and just from a, a uh, socio-politically, and, and our wildlife resources depend on it. Uh, even the Tennessee River uh, is dependent on Mississippi as far as when we can let water out, how we can manage that. So, it's just a natural thing to care. And that's the cool thing with sportsmen in other parts of the country. They're an easy sell to support coastal restoration in Louisiana because sportsmen are going to care about those wildlife resources and those fisheries. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great point to make. We've always, you know, been, you know, sportsman's paradise and those kinds of things. And it does seem to be just a natural connection. Somebody once told me that, you know, most Louisiana, um, they're environmentalists, but they just don't know it. <laughs> and I think right. a lot of it has to do with, with the outdoor and, um, you know, the just, you know, fishing, hunting, growing up that way and taking care of it and that kind of stuff. So you told us a little bit about Vanishing Paradise, but tell us more about your work as sportsman outreach coordinator. Um, tell us a little bit more about that aspect. Sure. It's funny. A friend not that long ago said, can someone ask me what you do for a living bill and i didn't know exactly what to tell them uh, <laughs> and i said the short answer is i make friends for a living i love um, it and, and you know as, as you know uh we in, in this world we call them grass tops i mean five years ago i did not know what a deliverable was so there's been a lot of language <laughs> but uh, your outcomes and outputs bill oh, right oh my gosh i'm still not sure about what the difference <laughs> is but uh it, it it's kind of like how which way do you spell insurer and insure? I'm not, I'm never <laughs> sure. I have to look it up. Uh, but uh, the, uh, uh, I just lost track of where we were. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about your role at uh, yeah, Sportsman's as, Outreach Coordinator. Um, you know, it, it's, 
a lot of my work uh, with Louisiana is really outside of the state as far as where I have probably the biggest impact. Um, you know, we have so many folks working so hard in Louisiana, and, and that's critical. And and frankly, someone from Louisiana who lives there and has lived it their whole life, man, I, I love to listen to them talk about it, you know. But my past career and then just my, my network that keeps growing of sportsmen around the country, I mean, one of the first big things I did at BP or that I helped plan was a big fly-in to Washington, D.C. And we took sportsmen from 19 different states to meet with their senators and congressmen in D.C. to support Mississippi River Delta restoration. Um, And it's really cool to take sportsmen, whether it's to Baton Rouge or to Washington, D.C., because they can get into any office. I mean, I have a guy from California that he can go see Pelosi tomorrow and she will see him. Um, I can go see, you know, Marsha Blackburn, who is about as right wing as you get because I'm a sportsman. And I, I mean, we can get into these offices. It can sometimes be hard and, and it, it's a really cool experience. And it's cool to see it from the inside. Every time I take people to one of these places, they leave saying, man, it was really neat to experience how these things really work yeah Uh, so that's a big part of what i do i i love that perspective bill and you know the fact that you know nature and kind of the places you know whether you're hunting fishing whether you're just out kayaking you know or biking you know so many people can unite around you know around nature and these places that provide so much value in our lives um and you mentioned growing up around that you know but um, people come to that in different capacities. So I just love the way that, you know, you said that you can reach so many different people across the aisle, across parties, and and help them think through, you know, kind of these solutions that can protect these places that we love, these natural places. So in addition to the amazing outreach and education you all do, um, Banishing Paradise has also pursued on the ground restoration projects in partnership with Ducks Unlimited and others. So tell us a little bit about the work that you all have ongoing at Fort St. Philip, also in Plaquemines Parish. Yeah, um, yeah, we're, you're talking oh, excuse about excuse me, Bay Denise, Bay, Bay Denise, <laughs> yes. You're, you're in the right area, so obviously you know the area better than I. Um, that's a really cool project. We were able to work with Ducks Unlimited, and they do the on-the-ground work, which has always interested me. Um, you know, it's cool to be so closely connected. And so much of what we do is obviously these, you know, supporting public will for these monstrous projects. So getting to be involved in one that just happens fast through a group like Ducks Unlimited was really cool. And we worked with them to secure the funding uh, to do the project. And it's a crevasse and, and dredging project that had in very short time started building land. Uh, the, the fall after it started was already holding huge flocks of ducks uh, where it had been just open water. Um, it had willow flats where there had just been open water. Uh, and now it's just, it just keeps developing. And in the end, it should be about 2,500 acres, just a little bit more than that of new habitat and land that will develop just from that crevasse work that DU did with our help. Well, Bill, I can tell you it's doing fine. Um, as of four hours ago, um, it looks beautiful, uh, even in the, in the kind of cold winter months. I mean, it's just amazing to see how much has built so quickly. Um, and, and I as I understand it that, you know, um, 
you know, DU and, and, you know, they're like, Hey, look, a little cut here, right. They're really easy, easy to, um, you know, adapt and kind of see things on the ground for what they are and make changes if necessary, which turn out to be, you know, really big, great projects. So, you know, when you see projects like that in Bay Denise, I mean, I guess it just kind of tells you that there's opportunities there, right? We just have to seize them and get it done. You know, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like, this started out as probably a pretty simple idea, um, but look how much it's proven. So I guess what does, what does Bay Denise tell you about the opportunity we have in Louisiana to restore and maintain our vital wetlands? Well, you know, it, it's, it, it's just one more, uh, uh, it's just one more signal that this is so doable. I, I mean, Bay Denise, the Chaff Live, Mardi Gras Pass, all these places that are creating land because of the river and the sediment getting into the marsh. And God, nature, however you want to look at it, he knew what he was doing. Nature knew what it was doing. It it worked. And obviously we can't just uh, uh, go back and make things like they were 200 years ago, but science is finally getting maybe ahead of uh, the curve and we're finding ways to to get out in front of it and create this land and man we've got to stay on it we've just got to keep pushing yeah like i've struggled through that question but that's really what i wanted to say we can do this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right i mean Absolutely. that was like you know that's a great concise way to see to say that and i'll you know, start ending my emails that way, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> we can do this. We can do uh, this. I think it's a good rallying cry for, for us all. And, you know, I think, Bill, to your point, you know, will we ever restore, you know, maybe to what it was, but it's about maintaining as much of, of as we can, both in terms of critical, uh, you know, a natural buffer for communities. But I'm sure from your perspective, it's about preserving the bounty of Louisiana's coast and all the wildlife and diversity and habitat that that includes. And so, um, I, I imagine, and I remember when I've been out to these places, you know, Simone was talking about the stark di- difference visually, but you also hear the difference, right? And the sounds and, and, yeah. and everything what's that's alive going on, out there, yeah. what's alive. And so, um, so yeah, I think it's about kind of maintaining that, the, that bounty into the future as well. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, that, that's obviously what it's all about and, and both humans and, you know, our wildlife resources, it, it's it's crucial and, and one thing I, I don't know how often y'all talk about it but among sportsmen it's a big deal is when you get out there um, at, at a place like Bay Denise if you put in a Navionics chip into your uh, GPS on your boat which is fishermen use every day it's probably going to show open water and you're going to look and there's land everywhere and that's just the opposite of what you're going to see in a lot of places on that side of the river where six months ago there might have been some land there and that's what the chip shows and now it's nothing but open water uh, so so that's another place where sportsmen tend to see change that maybe other people don't notice as much yeah, yeah you guys are us. the first <laughs> yeah yeah i was just gonna say that happened to us at least three times today right both ways both ways we were supposed to be inland and it was open water and then supposed to be in a cattle pasture and we were not <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Bill, I mean, you obviously know what you're talking about from, you know, your experience doing this, but also you were recently honored and inducted into the National Legends of the Outdoors Hall of Fame. So, congratulations. We have a Hall of Famer with us, folks. Um, but, But first of all, congratulations. And tell us a little bit about what that honor means to you. I mean, you were talking about you know, your, your upbringing and, and your kind of the influence from your father. I'm sure this must be really rewarding to have received that recognition given kind of the history that and connection you've had to the outdoors over your lifetime. Well, it, it's, you know, and thanks for, for, you know, the congratulations and for asking me about it. Cause it's aside from my being inducted this year, it is a great hall of fame and a great uh, uh, program that they've put together over the years it was a shock. Um, it was actually announced live on a podcast <gasps> and, and I was kind of, uh, um, I was I speechless it. for quite a while. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, not good on a podcast to be speechless as a bill. No, it, it's, it's not. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm older than a lot of people, but I'm not old. So you know, a Hall of Fame deal, I mean, I, usually that's at the end of your career. You're that and good, I, Bill. That I, good. I've got at least 15 years left. That's what I keep telling Mandy. You know, hey, don't oh. count me out. I got 15 more years in this. So before I'm even thinking otherwise. Uh, but, you know, to be invited, um, when, when I go through the list of, of past uh, inductees and all the current members, so many of them are, are heroes of mine from childhood on um so to even have some people think i should be on that same list of folks is uh, it's humbling it's an honor um and, and i could come up with a list of probably 300 people real quick that i think are are more more deserving uh but boy it's it's pretty doggone cool um to to be asked and maybe have other people think more of you than than and your career than what you've uh, uh, realized. That's so awesome, Bill. Um, clearly, Jacques held that out and telling me that, so I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't compare myself to somebody who's in a Hall of Fame somewhere. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Bill, what what do you have coming up for Vanishing Paradise in the next couple of months? The weather start warming up. I, well, I don't know. Is that good for you? Yeah, I'm assuming so. Well, you know, normally it's good for me, um, but like a lot of folks with, with the COVID lockdowns, it's just been a real bear uh, to, to get out and do the things uh, that we normally do. I'm hopefully later this week, I'm going to the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention to meet with a lot of our grass stops. And what I haven't said, a lot of our grass stops are in the outdoor industry. I mean, I've mm-hmm. taken the president of Strike King Lure Company uh, to D.C., and and he's made calls on Baton Rouge and boat companies and that sort of thing. So uh, hopefully I'll be doing that. Um, we have, uh, uh, we're working towards another project with Ducks Unlimited, but can't talk too much about that mm-hmm. yet. Secret, secret. You'll have that, to come well, back. It's another place where COVID has kind of slowed things down. Mm. Um, and even on the, the labor and, and supply chain issues have made it hard to get the, the project rolling. Um, we're working on a video in the Everglades uh, that should be out in April and excited about that. Um, we, will, we have started a new Mississippi River 
project uh, with NWF and Vanishing Paradise will be part of that. And that's for me, that's kind of special because I'll get to work all the way up the main stem, uh-huh. which uh-huh. will complicate all our excuse me, compliment all of our work <laughs> in I think you uh, had it right uh, the first time. <laughs> yeah. Bill, you're, you're coming up to my neck of the woods. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're working from the headwaters all the way down. So I, right. I'm excited about that because, I mean, I hunt the Mississippi River up here. So uh, it, it's a big part of my life. So it's cool to get to work on the whole thing and, and talk about how it interacts. And it also gives our, our sportsmen grass tops who have supported the Mississippi River Delta in the past, uh, say from Missouri, it gives them the opportunity to actually talk about home uh, to, to their, their elected leaders. So I'm excited about that aspect of, of it as well. Yeah, we were saying that we were going to have to figure out our latitudes and longitudes to be like, all right, guys, y'all can't cross <laughs> 30 <laughs> degrees north or 90 degrees west, right? Because it's funny when we talk about the river, of course, I only think about the delta, right? But now sure. a lot of my friends have to think about something else. So, Bill, tell folks where folks can learn more about Vanishing Paradise and how they can get involved. Well, sure. Um Obviously, you can find us on the World Wide Web at vanishingparadise.org. Also, we're on Facebook and and Instagram. And heck, if you get on Facebook and and post uh, and answer a question there, and I'll be the guy you're interacting with. So we'll have a conversation. Those are great places to find us. We try to keep them current and keep some updated information and some fun stuff on those places. Um, and, And if you're a sportsman and you care about any of these places, even if it's outside of places we've talked about, get in touch with us. I can hook you up with people who care about where you are, who care about the same outdoor places you care about um, and get involved. And the more involved you get, the more fun it is. Definitely. Um, So Bill, can you let folks know where to listen to the podcast? Wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> you can get the NWF Outdoors podcast and Delta Dispatches. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Thank you for the shout out, Bill. And, you know, certainly would love to have you back on as some of these these projects continue um, and hear what else is going on, you know, in, in the outdoors. So that leads me to my uh, fun question, Ooh. which I, I have lined Uh-oh. up. No, do y'all do no this, pressure. Bill? Do y'all do this on your podcast? <laughs> Ask fun questions to disarm your guest. <laughs> yes, uh, and we actually don't give them any of the questions. We give them a basic idea of what we're going to cover, but we don't do the question thing. Oh. I, was, I was tickled to death that y'all did because I was. <laughs> yeah, I usually do things that are straight up hook and bullet, so you know it's, it's a little different. So, yeah. but it's fun. Yeah, we like to to have, you know, our guests in a comfortable space here in Delta Dispatches, you know, just like let them. Uh, no, Jacques does it relax. for me so that yeah. I follow the script and that we, <laughs> and that's why Jacques does it. <laughs> Except for the fun question. The fun question yes. is never revealed in advance. Mm-mm. So, so you know, when I was thinking about this show and talking to you, Bill, um, you know, it made me think of one of my most favorite childhood movies, which I, I want to go back and watch. Um, so... This is a true or false question. Um, <laughs> oh, the statement "true or false"? The Great Outdoors is the best John Candy movie <laughs> ever. Ooh, true. Ooh, good answer. <laughs> good answer. It can't I come. It's been, it's been coming on a lot. One. 
Oh yeah, it's been coming on a lot recently too, and they're I they're just parts that I totally forgot about, like the old '96er and, oh, and all yeah. that stuff. That part is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Bill, we like violate our own rules, and I'm gonna answer this. Like Uncle Buck is pretty great. I mean, you know, where he he flips the that pancake. was the one. I, yeah, <laughs> that was the one that was hanging up on me. I'm like, uh, I, I could flip a coin probably. That's, a, that's fair. They're, these are all great. You know, John Candy legend, you know, and of course, um, Summer Rental was another one of my favorites. Oh, gosh. You know, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Planes, trains, in- and automobiles. I mean, there's just, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. yeah. I have to introduce these to my kids when when um, when the time is right. <laughs> well, you know, my, my son in third grade, his teacher one day said, I have a whole bucket of shh for you. And my son said, that's from Austin Powers, third grade. And she said, I need to talk to your parents. <laughs> we get that a lot over here. Did you Did you see the uh, Austin Powers Super Bowl commercial? I don't know if you caught that. but Yes, uh, I did. Yeah. We won't talk about the Super Bowl. I know it's going to upset Simone a little too much, but um, we we can proceed. Um, so so yeah, Bill, um, thank you again so much for being on. Um, you always yeah, have an open mic on Delta Dispatches. Hey, I, it's been a blast, y'all. It really has. And thanks for having me. And I'm I'm ready to come back anytime. I love it. Thank you for being on with us. Um, which one you want, stat or voice? Which one you want? Simone, why don't you do stat and I will do voice. All right, let's do it. From the Vanishing Paradise website, the Gulf of Mexico is home to approximately 15,000 unique species of wildlife, including many different types of salt and freshwater fish and shellfish and millions of migratory waterfowl and neotropical birds every year. A wide variety of habitats support this abundance of wildlife, including wetlands, barrier islands, coral reefs, and oyster beds. Very cool. And you can find information like that and other ways to get involved at vanishingparadise.org. And now for this week's Coastal Voice of the Week, it comes from Bridget in central Louisiana. And Bridget says, I support the coast because we spend a lot of time on the coast. We crab, shrimp, and a lot of people depend on that for their livelihood. So thank you, Bridget. And reminder, you can go and share your voice at any point at mississippiriverdelta.org slash restore dash the dash Host. So thank you again to Bill Cooksey, Sportsman Outreach Coordinator with Vanishing Paradise. And thank you to all of our listeners. Like Bill said, you can share our podcast any, anywhere you, you get podcasts. Um, so please like and subscribe us, share us with your friends. And be sure to check out National Wildlife Federation's um, outdoor po- podcast as well and share that. And, and be sure to listen in to the great perspective uh, perspectives that Bill and his guests have on the outdoors there you go (laughs) all right well until then we will see y'all later alligators thank you for listening we can do this